Mary. Join me as we look at Disney destinations and what you need to know so you can be a jolly traveler. Hello friend, hope you're doing well today. Today in this episode of the podcast, I'm going to be talking about a trip that I just got back from with my son Sawyer. I want to give you some feedback on some things that have changed just in the two weeks since I've been there before, as well as having some realistic expectations about your trip and sometimes when things don't go as planned, how you can kind of rebound from that and still have a great time. So I hope this episode proves very informative for you. As always, if you have any questions, feel free to email me at Jolly Holiday Travel Company at gmail.com. And I will be happy to respond to any of your questions that maybe I don't answer in an episode. So if, if you had been following the podcast, you know that two weeks ago, I went on a quick girls trip to Disney, had a fabulous time and did a podcast report on that a couple of weeks ago. My youngest son, Sawyer, is in college, and he had a two-day fall break that fell on a Monday and Tuesday, so we decided to take a later flight out on the Friday before and go to Disney and come back late on Tuesday, try to squeeze in all that time. He's getting ready to leave. Um, He's doing homeschool college currently. But he will graduate at the end of this year with his associate's degree and will be going to live about an hour and a half away at college. And so I'm trying to suck up every last minute I can have with him while he's here because I will be so sad when he's gone. So we took that quick trip to Disney and had a great time. Now, as you probably know and can tell, um, I do try to go to Disney a lot. And I do that, number one, because I love going. But number two, because things do change so often, I feel that that's the best way to serve as my clients is to be able to give them feedback and how things are changing and answer their questions. So just in the two weeks that I have been there, the crowds were much higher than when I was there two weeks previously. And when I say much higher, again, that is in comparison to since things have shut down. It was also fall break weekend or the week of fall break and Columbus Day weekend. So I contribute that to being why it was a little more crowded. What I want to tell you, if you are thinking about going to Disney or planning to go to Disney, and you're thinking that you're going to go to the parks and there be nobody there, which was our experience in August, like literally a ghost town, nobody there. That is not going to happen. People have started coming back and we're so thankful because Disney is a business. No business can thrive when nobody is going, when no money is being exchanged. So, you know, while was it very cool to experience Disney, like we'll never experience that again, the way we did in August. Yes, it was super awesome, but we fully know that that is not going to be the case going forward. That being said, the crowds are still much less than any crowds would have been before COVID happened and before the shutdown. So I want you to go in knowing, yes, it's going to be, the crowds are still going to be light, 
but there's going to be crowds and there's going to be lines. And like I've told you before in previous episodes, the lines are going to look crazy long, like going over the bridge back into different countries. I know we were in Epcot, the frozen ever after line went all the way back into China. If that had happened before COVID, that that would have been insane. And it still visually looks super long. But it's because they are having to take into consideration the social distancing protocols. So while the line is back there, and the wait times might show 60 minutes, 70 minutes, what I consistently still found was that the wait times were much lower than what was posted on the wait times. We went to Kilimanjaro Safaris, and I want to say it had a 40-minute wait time, and we literally walked directly on the ride. Now, I'm not saying that's always going to be the case. You're always going to find some things, you know, maybe come close to the wait times, but for the most part, that's what we found across the board is what was listed as the wait time was far less than what we actually experienced. Going back to that, I think it's just so important because I don't ever want people going down there. I mean, if you have in your mind that there's going to be nobody there, then you're going to be really sad because there's a lot of people there. But it's still much less than before COVID. I had one client that went last year and her husband was not super happy with the crowds and they went for a trip this fall and that was her one comment was that the crowds were so much lower everyone should experience disney this way so she had realistic expectations was it a ghost town no but the crowds were much lower so just something to think about going forward if you're planning a trip just you know we want people to come back to disney because that's how Disney's going to survive. Look at Disneyland. That park is not even reopened. That place is still closed. They're getting no revenue from that park. Disney is having to make changes to try to continue to be in business. So we just need to keep that in mind. Okay, I'm getting off my getting off there for a moment. Let's get back to the trip at hand. Because I want to talk about some crazy things that happened on this trip. We, like I said, we go a lot. We feel like we are very proficient with Disney and how things run and how things work and this trip in particular had so many strange things that happened and so I just want to talk to you about that for a moment. The first thing happened at the Orlando airport. The way that the Magical Express works now in the past you could check your bags at your airport and Magical Express would come get your luggage bring it to your hotel resort and you wouldn't have to worry about going to baggage claim to get your luggage. With COVID, one of the procedures now is that you go to the Orlando airport and you claim your own luggage. My son has a very distinct set of luggage. Well, it's not a set. It's a piece of luggage. And it is a huge R2-D2. It's very easy to see, not very common. It's not like a black suitcase that everybody has. So it's very distinct. We were waiting at baggage claim and we were watching the luggage come around the little belts and I saw an R2-D2 and I was like, oh, well, there's his luggage. But then about three or four suitcases behind his was another identical R2-D2 suitcase. Now, you could visually in one field see two identical R2-D2 suitcases. The first one came around and an older gentleman, I would say he was probably late 60s, maybe early 70s. He pulled the 
luggage off of the carousel and started going. And I looked at Sawyer. I said, he didn't even look at the tag. How does he know that that's his luggage? So we quickly went and got the other piece of luggage and discovered he'd grabbed Sawyer's bag. We had to chase the man down in the Orlando airport, try to flag him down to let him know that he had grabbed the wrong suitcase. I mean, he was just like, oh, good catch and gave us the right suitcase. My point in all of this is, number one, you should just, as general good practice, whether it's a black bag or it's an R2-D2 bag, take a moment to check to make sure your bag is your bag. Poor Sawyer, he almost had to go through Disney dressed as a 70-year-old man, and that would have not been a happy time. So just take a moment, regardless if you feel pretty secure that that's your luggage, take a moment to check your bag because... That could have very easily been not a good situation. So we got his correct bag. We went to the Magical Express. And in past trips, the weights there have been very low. This trip, we had to wait quite a bit. I want to say we probably waited at the Magical Express maybe 45 minutes before our bus came. And it was the sweetest little bus driver. He was taking our bags. He asked us where we were going, what resort. We told him we were going to Pop Century. He was making some little uh, Donald Duck impersonations. He was having a big old time. The whole bus was being filled up at that time was for Pop Century. Sometimes you can get on there and there might be some from Pop Century, some from another resort, and they make several stops. That's not uncommon. But I could quickly see all of us were going to the same place. They had seated us toward the back of the bus. And the bus driver gets on and he was like, welcome folks to Magical Express. And he's trying to get us all amped up for our trip. He said, our first stop is going to be Caribbean Beach. And then we're going on to a Jumbo House at Animal Kingdom. And I quickly looked at Sawyer. I said, do you think that's for real? And Sawyer was like, no, no, he's just joking around. We had to tell him what resort we were going to when we got on the bus. And I'm sure he asked that of everybody. So I'm sure that he was just making a funny ha ha ha. So we're on the bus and we're, you know, we're wanting to get to the resort and we're tired because we traveled and we start going. And I quickly can tell by the way that we're going, we're not going to the Pop Century. And then as it gets closer and closer, sure enough, he's pulling into Caribbean Beach. So I sit there and I think, well, maybe, maybe he's dropping off some at Caribbean Beach. And we sit there and he gets up. He was like, okay, welcome everybody to Caribbean Beach. And nobody moves. Not a, not a soul. And he kind of looks and he was like, do we have anybody that's going to Caribbean Beach? And then he looks at us and sees that nobody's getting up. And he quickly looks down at his paperwork and he was like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. I'm supposed to have you at Pop Century. So he quickly takes us to Pop Century. So I'm thinking, okay, well, great. We've already had a near, near miss on the luggage. He's taking us to the wrong resort, which it wasn't a big deal you know, really. We get to Pop Century. We already know our room assignment because we did the online check-in. We've gotten our notification. Our room was ready. And we are going through the resort, go outside toward the pool to go to our room. Now, I'm going to say something that you might not agree with, and that is totally fine. Everybody has their own thoughts and feelings. I'm just sharing mine with you. Take it for what it's worth. We are at Disney World. At a very family-friendly, as all the resorts are, but specifically Pop Century, um, a very family-friendly resort, lots and lots of children of all ages. 
we are on our way to our room and there is a boy and a girl. They look to be early 20s, I would say, boy and a girl playing ping pong outside by the pool. The boy is facing us and the girl has her back to us and she has on a thong bathing suit. Now, I'm not trying to be a prude, you know, I, I, I know that they exist, whatever. If you want to wear them at the beach, you know, that's, that's your thing, whatever. But as I'm walking and I have families in front of me, the parents are literally covering the children's eyes to look away from this woman. If I had to identify her in an FBI lineup, I could identify her just from her butt cheeks alone because they were that out there. I'm just saying, people, use a cover-up. Cover-up. Not everybody wants to see that, and that's fine that you feel comfortable showing it. Hey, be you, boo, but cover-up. Don't play ping-pong in a thong with no cover-up on. Again, I'm thinking, law to the day. What? And, you know, I'm thinking, please, Sawyer, don't look over. I know he saw her. I know he tried to act like he did not see her. He saw her. The whole world saw her. Cover up. Anyway, sorry. Off on another tangent. We're, we're going to get it back together. So just getting there alone, there were several things that was a little, you know, a little challenging, but it happens. Now we're going to go on to bag check. We, we've talked about things to not put in your backpacks, things to not put on your person, because now security has you go through a scanner. If you have anything metal, anything like that uh, on you, you're going to be flagged down. You have to go to the side. You have to empty everything out. It's a hassle. So I've told you in previous podcasts, here are the things you need to make sure you don't have. Don't have, you know, umbrellas, metal drinking container, sunglasses, uh, case, hard shell sunglass cases, anything metally rechargeable phone batteries. We've, we've covered it. And I try to be very conscientious of this because I do not want to stop at those scanners. I just want to zoom on through. I don't want to have to pull all my stuff out on full display for the world to see. I just don't. So I try to really make sure I'm following all the rules. I'm a rule girl. I want to abide by the rules. We had gone to Epcot. No problem. Went to Hollywood Studios. No problem. We go to Magic Kingdom. My bag goes off. In a sea of people, my bag's going off. And they're asking me, do you have this? No, no. And I'm trying to tell them I've gone through two other parks. This has not been an issue. They want you to empty everything out. Here we go. I'm, and I don't have that much, but it's just the pain. Like they're going through everything. So the person at the Magic Kingdom told me that I've told y'all that I take motion sickness medicine. And the medicine was in like one of those little foiled packages where you pop the pill out the back. He told me, I'm sure that's what it was. And I said, but I've had this on every trip I've ever been on and it's never been a problem. Well, that's what it was. Okay, whatever. Go into Magic Kingdom and then we decide that we are going to leave for lunch and we had gotten a reservation at the Contemporary for Chef Mickey's because they had just reopened and I wanted to check it out. It was fabulous, by the way. Highly recommend that. But we left Magic Kingdom, went to the Contemporary, 
had our meal. And what they do at those resorts that are on the monorail is that you have a security check before you get on the monorail because when you get off the monorail, you don't have to go through security again. And I will be dad gum if my bag did not go off <laughs> at the contemporary. So I have to reset everything out. I said something to them. I said, well, this morning, this is what they said, set it off. No, that wasn't it. They couldn't figure out what it was. So I don't know. But the next day I went to Animal Kingdom, same thing in my backpack, just waltz right through. So I don't know what, what it was or why that was happening. I just want to make you aware because I do try to tell you the ins and outs to try to help you to not have to go through that, to avoid that situation. Even myself, who I thought I had it down, I don't know if they set the scanners up to a very high number to be super sensitive or what it was, but there was something about that day and those scanners that they were flagging my backpack. Just want to let you know, try to keep you informed. Sometimes it doesn't work out for whatever reason. Now, we're getting to our Hollywood Studios days. This is something that I am asked probably the most of anything of I'm asked these days is about the Rise of the Resistance boarding group. And we've gone through the tips and the tricks of how to do it and how I've been successful and what I've done. When we went to Hollywood Studios this day, like I said, the crowds... At Hollywood Studios are always going to have the most crowds. It's going to feel the busiest at Hollywood Studios. I'm just going to tell you right now. It is. The wait times for a lot of the rides are going to look really high. They are. And it's just it's just, just the way that it is. I told Sawyer. I said, Sawyer, normally we go to an area where there's not a lot of people. And we've had success every time. And I said, I think we need to try to get in a line for something because all these lines are going to be really long. Let's at least get in the queue and we can still try to get the boarding pass uh, from the line. So we went to Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, which by the time we got there, we hadn't been there long. They shut the line completely down because the wait time was already saying 105 minutes and they couldn't social distance any longer from that point. So they shut it down temporarily. But the line moved continually as we're standing there. And we got in the park. We were in the park probably by 10 after 9. And they were already running some of the rides at that point. So the line's moving, the line's moving. And as it's getting closer to the 10 o'clock time when you can start to make that first boarding pass, boarding group, I tell Sawyer, I said, we're fixing to be on this ride, like right at 10 o'clock. This could be a problem. And I will be dadgum if right at the moment when it's turning 10 o'clock, the little cast member is telling us which line to get in to board our ride vehicle. So as I'm walking, I'm walking trying to get the boarding group and I did really well to hit the join button. And for some reason, I don't know if it was where I was in the building or if it was because I was moving, the Wi-Fi lagged for just a second, like not even three or four seconds, but it was enough for me to know, oh my goodness, I bet we've missed this boarding group. And sure enough, we didn't get in. And so, I mean, we've ridden it before, but still it's, it's Sawyer's favorite ride. And I knew he was a little disappointed about not getting it, but I mean, it's just what it was. It was what it was and we didn't get it. And so we continued on with our day, had a great time. And I told him, I said, we'll just try again at two. Like we might get it, we might not. But if you don't have a boarding group, you don't even have a chance of trying to get on it. 
So the way the two o'clock boarding group works is they're just taking people that if they get through the initial groups that they've assigned, they'll start calling from the backup group. So if you're in the first set of people at 10 o'clock, you have a very good chance of riding unless the whole ride goes down for all day. And that has happened, but not very often for the whole day. Backup groups are only called if they're able to get through the first set of groups and they have time left over. At two o'clock, we did like we have always done before. We got away from people. We were off of the Wi-Fi, just like we've always done and got a boarding group. But it was boarding group 126. Now that, (laughs) I don't, constantly keep up with what's the longest boarding group that has been successful in boarding but I know that's a far stretch and Sawyer was like we're never going to get called we're never going to get called I said here's the thing we'll stay at the park the park closed at seven we'll just stay around at the park what's the worst that can happen we don't get in and we've had a good day and we go home and you know whatever so we we had done other things, had a really good time. Probably about 6.30, they were still probably at like boarding group 119. And he's, he's saying, we're not getting on. That's it. We're not getting on. I said, let's just walk over toward where the, the queue entry is for Rise of the Resistance. We'll hang around, watch the board. You never know. While we were standing there waiting, we met the nicest mother and daughter little pair, and they were from California, and they had flown all the way from California, and their main mission on this trip was to ride this ride, and they were also in group 126, so we were just, you know, carrying on a conversation, talking, um, and then as it got closer and closer, some more groups were called, some more groups were called. It was about... One minute before seven, and our group had still, they were up to group 125, and we were like, oh my goodness, we are going to come so close and not get to ride it. And at the stroke of seven, when the park was supposed to close, they called, we were the very last group for the day, 126. We get into the queue line. Now, this is what I want you to know, and I don't know if I've explained this adequately or not. Once your boarding group is called and you go to check in, you're not getting directly on the ride then. You still have to go through the queue. Normally, that queue can take anywhere from 45 minutes, sometimes longer. While we were in the queue waiting, the ride broke down. So we're continuing to talk to our little friends from California and making the time pass. It was probably about an hour and a half from the time we got into the queue at seven before we actually got on the ride. So it was, I mean, it was worth it. We had a great time. We were so thankful we got to ride it. But um, I just wanted to let you know that even though, even if you get in a backup boarding group, you still have a really good chance of getting to enjoy that attraction. I wish there was a way that there wasn't so much pressure because I feel pressure when my clients are down there. I get so nervous for them. Like I want everybody to be able to have that experience. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't and I feel bad when it doesn't work and I'm so thankful when it does. The main gist of this whole little trip report this time is just to let you know that no matter how many times you go, no matter matter how much you think you have it figured out, things do change all the time and the important thing is is to set realistic expectations and just know, you know, 
No trip is going to go seamlessly. No trip is going to go perfect for every single thing that you're trying to do. You know, Disney's still trying to figure it out and how to keep everybody safe and how to feed everybody and how to, they're trying to figure it out too. So just remember when you go, if things don't go exactly the way you, you know, you had planned, you still can have such a great time. You can also have the opportunity to turn it around and have negative memories. And I saw lots of people making maybe not the best of choices <laughs> with what they were saying to each other and to their children. The mother that was screaming at her children right in the middle of Main Street. You know, that was not a happy time. There, just think about, even if you're tired, I know that going to Disney, you can be tired. You can be hot. You've got those masks on. But in any opportunity of your day, you have the choice and the power to make it be a positive situation or a negative. And the way your trip turns out, you're going to have memories of, oh, and we didn't get it the first boarding pass, but we stuck it out and we were able to get on or, you know, whatever it is, you have the power to make it be something positive or something negative. And that's the takeaway that I want to share with you today. As always, when I or my other agents work with uh, clients, we want the very best for you. We want you to have the most seamless, the most wonderful trips, and we do everything physically possible to make that happen. But sometimes things happen while you're down there that is completely out of our control. And while we are always a resource, you can always contact us and we will try to help you mitigate that problem or find a solution. Sometimes it is, it just is what it is. We don't have control over the, how quick the buses come. That was another thing on our Animal Kingdom Day. The buses were a train wreck. We waited in the bus line so long and there was something going on. I don't know what it was. Magic Kingdom did not have a problem getting their buses in. They probably had 40 buses and we were still waiting for a bus. Some things are just going to be out of our control. Like even if we're back here and you're having a problem with the buses, we can advise you, hey, you might want to think about, you know, paying a little extra and taking an Uber or a Lyft. We will certainly try to help you, but sometimes things just happen and you just have to make the best of it and roll with it and continue to try to have a, a fun and magical trip. All right, friends. Well, thank you so much again for tuning in. And like I said, if you have any specific questions or a topic that you want to be uh, covered on a future episode, feel free to email me, jollyholidaytravelcompany at gmail.com. Also, just a couple of days ago, Disney has opened up all of their booking dates for 2021. Uh, we would love to get some pricing together for you. You can email me at that same email address. Disney Cruises this week are releasing some 2022 packages and rates, some of them going to Hawaii. Those usually go very quickly because there's not a lot of those itineraries. But if you have any pricing needs, any thoughts on where you might want to go, please get with us and we would love to help you out. Thanks so much and have a great week. Thanks for joining me. I'm so grateful for our community. Until next time, whether traveling the world, the neighborhood, or just through life, remember, travel jolly.